Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Two Sisters podcast. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. Unfortunately, Carol Sue will not be able to be with us today, and we sent, sent her a lot of well wishes. Um, she had some dental work, so, you know, we, you know, hope she gets better very, very soon. Today, I have an amazing guest on, and I'm so excited. And, <laughs> and as we were coming on, you know, on live, I said, oh my gosh, I've been counting down the days because this guest, oh my gosh, I'm just going to go ahead. We're going to get right into it. I am so excited to welcome to today's podcast, Dr. Alyssa, and I'm sure I will mess up your last name, so I'm not going to even pronounce it. Welcome to the Two Sisters podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So of course, I want to let everyone know, Dr. Alyssa, that you are a board certified podiatrist and you really cover a unique perspective because you're all about the restoration aspect, um, especially for women. And Lord knows um, I have a lot of um, feet issues and we're just going to get right into that conversation. First of all, um, if you could share with our audience and viewers, how, what interested you first about becoming a podiatrist? I always love learning why people get into their, their chosen profession. Yeah, absolutely. So I was always interested in medicine from a really young age, and um, I always knew I was going to kind of take that path, but I didn't really know which direction I would go in. And um, it turned out that my mom actually worked with someone whose daughter became a podiatrist, and I had no idea <laughs> what that even meant, but um, I figured I would kind of check it out and, and see what it was all about. I thought feet were probably kind of weird at that time, but um, I ended up meeting some really nice doctors who were podiatrists and sort of shadowed them, and I really liked it because it was a great mix of different types of specialties. So you could do some sports medicine, you could do dermatology, you could do surgery. So it's just a lot of cool things together. So that's what originally kind of drew me to the field. And I, and I think that is so fascinating. So at a young age, your interest, of course, spiked in that field, yeah. and which led you obviously to becoming a board certified podiatrist, but then really you you cover it from a different aspect though which is something that we we think about in general but i've never heard of somebody like your niche is just like and i love that and of course with your feet you know lord knows i've had some issues especially with my right foot lately and by the way um i did um either break or fracture my little piggy toe oh, on my no. right foot. Still hurts, but you know, uh, it's tolerable. I know I've got to get out the violins, right? Um, <laughs> but the restoration <laughs> aspect, when we think of that, for me, you know, we, we obviously, we walk every day. Our weight could be an issue, which I know for at one point in time, for me, it definitely was an issue. And I have the little picky toes. I call them the Casella feet because the <laughs> piggy toes kind of curl in and oh, that yeah. has always been an issue for me thus you know breaking or whatever I did to my toe there so when you niche down like what did you see the potential like in your pr practice to do that and th that obviously sparked you 
to be in, you know, to further niche down. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely started out on just kind of a regular sort of general podiatry practice. I was doing a lot of surgery, wound care, just kind of all the typical things that podiatrists do. But what I noticed was that the majority of patients that were coming in were kind of just like people with foot pain, people with sort of like vague issues that weren't necessarily surgical. They weren't necessarily something that needed a big intervention. But I realized that we didn't have a lot of education on how to really properly help people, you know, actually get their feet stronger, get their feet more functional. Um, and so I started to kind of really dive into shoes first and foremost, because we actually have very little shoe education in podiatry school. And so I always felt a little bit uncomfortable because patients would come in all the time asking about shoe advice. Um, and so that was kind of the first portal for me to start really digging into what, you know, what we can do on like a more everyday basis for people so that they can take better care of their own feet um, and really kind of prevent a lot of the big issues that turn into you know, more surgical things down the line. So I really dove into kind of the science behind footwear and shoes and what we're kind of doing to our feet on a regular basis. And it started to really make me realize that a lot of things that we're doing as a society are just really messing up our feet and we're not really addressing that. So um, it helps me to kind of realize that there are a lot of things starting with footwear, but also with habits, lifestyle, you know, modifications, exercise, things like that, that I could really help people with. So I sort of shifted gears a little bit and started to realize that if we can kind of deal with things on the early side, then we won't have so many, you know, bunion surgeries and so many people with plantar fasciitis and so many people that are really just struggling and maybe just using orthotics or trying to get cortisone injections and just really not seeing improvement. And that I think really is the key there that, you know, for people that go through those issues and they don't see a relatively quick improvement yet if there was the education aspect of it where they could you know they say we carry the world of the weight on our shoulders well we carry ourselves with all of our weight on our feet yeah and, and it's hard to say okay you know and that sh should be part of our self-care for instance perhaps um a a shoe that a runner would, <coughs> excuse me, a shoe that a runner would wear would may, maybe be something different. For instance, I like to um, go walking or speed speed walking. Um, and God bless the joggers out there. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, yeah, I think there's so much that people can do. And we tend to sort of neglect our feet, I think, because there's just not a lot of information out there. And there's just not a lot of sort of knowledge about what is really best for them. So that's where I really enjoy kind of doing that educational component and really teaching people what they can do on their own and helping people to figure out, you know, what are the best shoes for them and, you know, what kind of habits can help them to, you know, get better and get out of pain and get stronger feet and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. And I think the other flip side to that too, and obviously you are the expert on this is for instance, that favorite pair of shoes that we have. And I think that is the best judge of, you know, I remember somebody telling me this and I don't know who it was, but to look at, <coughs> excuse me, to look at the bottoms of our shoes and see how they are wearing. And I never really thought of that. What specifically would be the reason to do that? 
Yeah, so you can actually tell a lot about your gait pattern. So the way that you walk and if you have any pressure areas from the way that you wear your shoes. So that is a great idea. Um, if you literally just look at the pair of shoes, you can actually get a lot of information about that, which is great. Um, and so sometimes you can pick up on sort of an a pattern that's maybe a little bit abnormal, right? So somebody that's not maybe distributing their weight the way that they should, they're maybe not heel striking in the right spot. They may be really over pronating or just really kind of coming in towards the inside of their foot or the outside. So it does give you a lot of information, which is really cool. And based on your wear pattern on your shoes, you can actually determine if maybe the type of shoe that you're wearing may or may not be right for you. Um, so some people that are very like very stiff, very high arch foot types, um, you know, sort of like they, they call it like the cavus foot. If you have that kind of foot type and you're wearing a shoe with a ton of cushioning and you have like a lot of support there, that will actually make your foot type worse. You'll actually be more prone to injuries um, and things like that. So sometimes you can use that pattern in the shoes that you have and help you determine what you actually should be wearing or what might be a little bit better for you. Oh, see, that's, that's very interesting. So when we pick out a specific shoe, I guess, where should we go to do that? Because, you know, obviously we can go to Target and just grab a pair of sneakers, right? But we really should be going to somebody or a business that specializes in that. And I am not sure, I'm sure we have stuff like that around here in Connecticut, but what would be that type of store? Like, do they still have those? There are, um, there are stores kind of scattered around. They're not as certainly not as common as they used to be. So it can be very difficult. It really depends on where you live. Um, you know, I'm in Massachusetts, so we have, we do have some stores around that are kind of tailored to that, but you know, it can be very tricky. And a lot of the bigger, um, like chain companies just don't really have that kind of support, you know, within the stores too. So it can be very tough if you're going into like a bigger kind of a store, like a target or something like that. Um, so it's, it's tough. And I think the nice thing now is that there's a lot of education online. So you can actually find out a lot of information, you know, just through the internet now that you probably never could before. And so that oh. can help you too. And there are a lot of forums where you can do that. Um, but it is very interesting. I think we kind of tend to think about shoes as just another part of our wardrobe or like another piece of fashion, but they're actually very functional and they're almost more, you know, they're, they have a lot more impact on our health than any other clothing that we wear. So I kind of put them in a separate category and we can't just kind of pick them out the way that we pick out our clothing or, you know, accessories. So they do have a big impact on us. Um, so it is really great to kind of get to know your feet um, and get to know, you know, what you really need out of your, out of your footwear. Um, I will say that most people, you know, you could probably say the majority of people can get away with certain characteristics, but if you have a unique foot type or, you know, like a very high arch, like I was mentioning, then there may be certain things that you're going to need that other people don't. So it is good to kind of have that evaluated. Yeah, that, that is so important. And then of course the, the other thing, um, you know, I never, for instance, I never used to be a flip-flop wearer. But, you know, later on in my 50s, and now I, I just turned 60, you know, I love wearing flip-flops, but I tend to wear my flip-flops with um, my toe socks because oh. I found, I have found that my feet um, sweat a little bit. So when I wear the toe socks with it, and of course my toes are exposed, um, instead of slipping and sliding, I'm flipping and flopping. 
which is great. And of course, my sister, um, oh my God, I can't believe you're wearing, you know, <laughs> socks with the flip-flops. And sometimes I don't, but if I know I'm going to be out and about, I do wear the toe socks with that. Are flip-flops really a good thing to wear? Yeah, well, first of all, I love that you wear toe socks because toe socks are great for you. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. Um, flip flops are not the greatest. And I'll, there's a couple of reasons why. And sometimes people assume that they're bad for you because they're very flat. And that's really not the reason. The reason that they're bad for you mostly is that when you wear a flip flop and you just kind of mentioned this is that your feet, your toes really have to grip the shoe to keep it on your foot because there isn't that strap that's kind of holding it on. So a lot of people will really, like you said, they'll, they'll kind of be sliding around and kind of shifting around around in their flip-flop and so that your toes will be really gripping so they'll kind of have to work overtime and when your toes are in that position what can happen is that the the bottom of your heel so that kind of famous plantar fascia area that so many of us deal with um, actually gets into a position that's not beneficial for it so it can make you more prone to plantar fasciitis for that reason and it can make you more prone to hammer toes and just kind of overusing of your toe muscles which can be really uncomfortable and that can cause you know problems for you so what you mentioned with the toe socks where you kind of it's helping you to grip better so that's actually a good thing um but in general you you know flip-flops will kind of give you that we call it like a flip-flop gate like you can kind of see people gripping with their toes and kind of curling and stuff like that so for me those are the two reasons why i typically don't love flip-flops um but you know of course if you're wearing them for the you know to go to the beach or you know kind of hanging around they're they're generally okay for that but um, I probably wouldn't wear them for a lot of walking just because they can really overload that, that heel area where, you know, so many of us struggle with that plantar fasciitis pain anyways. So we don't want to do anything to make that potentially worse. That is so true because, you know, the other side to that, and, you know, I remember the first time I started wearing flip-flops again and, you know, I slid and I tripped and, you know, yep. ended up falling and I had my you know, I just bought my new toe socks and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that would help. And so now, you know, pretty much 90% of the time I wear the toe socks with that. So Carol Sue, there you go. Toe socks are good for you. Hmm. That's right. They really are. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, now with the restoration process and how you work with your clients toward that, like when someone comes to you and they say, Dr. Alyssa, I just broke my piggy toe. Like, what would be your suggestion? Like, how do you go about um, advising them on what to do? Yeah, definitely. So somebody, if somebody has a trauma like that, so maybe a broken toe, for example, um, you know, the first step in that process will certainly still be, you know, immobilized, let the fracture heal. You know, that's all still really important. What I would find in my practice a lot was that, you know, we would get patients better and we would get them healed from a fracture or something like that. But when you've been immobilized for a while, let's say you haven't been moving your foot so much, you're in a stiff shoe, you know, you're kind of splinting your toe because it's broken. When you get out of that and you go back into your regular life and regular activity, you know, your foot's going to be a bit weaker. It's not going to be working the same. And there's kind of like this missing link between, you know, the potential that your foot has, and then this more weakened foot that you're dealing with now that you've been treating your injury. So where I would really focus with that person is once their toe is healed enough to really start to work on their function. Um, and this could be the same process for anybody because most people are really wearing shoes all the time. They're really not spending much time out of their shoes. A lot of people are kind of told actually to wear shoes all the time and really never go barefoot. So 
there's a lot there that we can do. And usually the first step I tell people to do is just get out of your shoes, right? Get out of your shoes once in a while, at least around the house. Um, there's a lot of studies showing that just walking around barefoot will actually significantly increase the strength of your foot muscles. So we have all these little tiny muscles in our feet that don't get worked if we're in shoes. So just spending time barefoot is like a great first step for anybody that's kind of wondering what they can do if they're dealing with some issues. Um, beyond that, I'll usually advise people to, you know, start getting into like a sort of a easy foot training program. We'll go over some exercises. There's very easy things that you can do to just get your feet moving. Um, one great thing, especially when you talk about toes is that, you know, you can actually take a look at how well your toes move. And a lot of people either can't move all their toes or they'll find that their big toe doesn't move separately from their small toes. Um, and so it's a great thing to just kind of take a look at and check your feet and see how well your toes move. And, um, if they don't move that well, you can actually train them to, to move better. So if you start working on that process and, and trying to train those toes to move individually, your brain will actually rewire to get you to do that. So things like that are very easy and just very cool ways to start, you know, kind of increasing your foot function. Um, and then beyond that, there's a whole, you know, a whole bunch of different things that we can look at in terms of full body posture and alignment. I'll usually give people advice and exercises for their, you know, the mid part of their body, even their upper body sometimes, because it's all connected. Um, and pain can really be stemming from anywhere. So there's kind of a whole rehab component that we can take a look at and really figure out where movement issues are coming from and things like that. So a lot of different areas that we can kind of work from. Right. And, and that is so important that the rehab issue, because obviously that will be very different for everyone based on what their injury may be. Um, but I love what you said about get your feet <laughs> moving. So for instance, um, anybody could be sitting in their chair, maybe at their desk while they're working and they're on a podcast um, and moving their feet. Yes, definitely. It's that simple, yet we don't think about doing that. So I think that is such great advice. You know, get those toes moving, see how they feel. Um, <laughs> I know, for instance, I am itching to get back to kickboxing. I think I am stable enough just to do the boxing part, but obviously I won't be kicking the bag anytime soon. I know that's like, you know, a big no-no for me right now, but it's looking at those things objectively and, and knowing what, you know, you have a particular um, sport that you are involved with that requires you obviously to specifically use your feet, whether it's um, jogging or figure skating, um, you know, so many different things for me, obviously kickboxing and rowing. The rowing, I know I got to hold off on that for a little while because it's too much um, uh, dorsiflexion and plantar flexion with my feet. And I know that that won't be a good thing. And I think the other important factor is not to push yourself to do something that you think Oh, oh, I should be okay. Like, yeah. That's yeah. Always great to listen to your body and, you know, you'll, you'll kind of know right instinctually what, what you should do at this point and shouldn't do. Um, and definitely when you're kind of getting back to things after, you know, after healing an injury, absolutely. You want to listen to your body and take it slow. Cause you certainly can re-injure yourself, which is definitely not what you want to do <laughs> after being off your feet for so long. Right, exactly. And, you know, I had to um, go to Philly and I'm like, oh, of course it's the driving foot. And yeah. so I was like, oh my gosh, but 
you know, I, I wore um, a flat shoe, which felt a lot better than my regular, it was like a flatter type of sneaker, which felt more supportive than my regular sneakers. <laughs> so that seemed to work out well. And as much as possible, I used my, um, you know, where you put the, the speedometer on where you don't have to have your foot on the gas. So um, that worked out okay. But I was like, oh my God, I just did this to my foot and I got to drive to Philly. I was oh, no. <laughs> kind of flipping out about that. But anyways, it worked out fine. So when your clients come to you, do you coach them or, you know, guide them through one-on-one um, -on -one, or is, do you do group sessions? Like, how does that work? Yeah, right now I do everything one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I'll see clients mostly virtually um, and we'll do one-on-one -on -one sessions together. We'll go through a bunch of different things. I'll, I'll usually have them do like a gait analysis. So we'll take a look at them walking. Um, you can get a lot of information about someone's patterns by how they walk. And then we'll go a little bit deeper and we'll do individual assessments and really figure out a plan based on, you know, obviously what their symptoms are, but really what their whole body looks like. Um, so we'll do one-on-one -on -one and then, you know, it really depends on, depends on the person and it depends on how much pain they're in and what they're experiencing. But we'll usually kind of do a gradual plan of, of exercise-based, you know, interventions with, you know, a certain modifications, certain tools um, to get them better. Oh my God, that's wonderful. And, you know, with the process of, what would it just popped into my head? Like if someone has, um, and I'm using my hands for those who are going to be just listening. If your gait pattern, is, or I shouldn't say your gait pattern, but your feet are kind of like going outward. So mm -hmm. that, what are some good exercises that someone could do for that, that specific thing? Yeah. So if your feet are turning outward, so more like a kind of like a high arch foot type, right? So kind of there's sort of two different sort of variants of foot types. A lot of people are flat footed, but then there's the reverse, which is that turning out or higher. Usually those feet are a bit stiffer. They don't absorb shock as well. So things that that person would want to work on would be things like practicing actually being able to let their feet relax. Um, so a lot of times people cannot actually get their feet to pronate or relax into a flatter position. So there are exercises where you can work on that and actually get your feet to relax better, get your joints to be able to move when your joints are very stiff and they're kind of stuck in this more higher arch or outwardly positioned, um, orientation, you know, you hit the ground fairly hard and you don't have the natural shock absorption as well as somebody that does pronate very well. So really working on your pronation and there are little exercises and drills that can help you to do that. Um, another big issue for that foot type is usually that calves can be pretty tight. So thinking of like a tight Achilles tendon because the foot's in that higher arch position, Again, it doesn't relax as well. So the tendons in the back tend to be very tight. So working on ankle mobility, stretching of the calves, getting some mobility through there can be really, really helpful for that kind of person too. Um, another thing that might happen for that foot type could be hammer toes. They are, they're more prone to hammer toes. So um, working on toe strength, working on toe mobility, just getting your toes moving better, um, helping you know some of the imbalances and the muscles there to relax. So. Yeah, a lot of it is just really working with your foot type and doing the exercises that you need for, for your foot. And that would be different for that kind of high arch foot, 
type versus somebody that's very flat or pronated, that person would need to kind of work on the opposite. So they want to work on forming an arch. They want to work on building up the muscles under the bottom of their foot so that they'll have some support naturally underneath their arch. Um, and so they'll kind of do the opposite of, of a very high arch person. Wow, that is such great information. You know, one thing that I think a lot of people love to do, I know that I love to do it, is soak my feet. Like, I just want to uh, go soak my feet right now. Uh, maybe after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I like, you know, obviously when my feet go in and, you know, I, I move them around, I move my toes. And what is the benefit? And, and I really don't know the answer to this. And, you know, everyone says, oh, throw Epsom salt in there, blah, blah, blah. What is the benefit of putting Epsom salt in the foot bath? Yeah, so Epsom salt, um, that's a good question. <laughs> There's not, it's not super clear, you know, necessarily what Epsom salt does. Everybody kind of knows that Epsom salt feels good and that it, we do use it for a lot of different things. We use it for foot soaks. We use it for um, anybody that's dealing with like a nail issue, if you have like a nail infection, things like that. So it does have benefits in that sense and it can help with like skin issues if you have any like um, any kind of moisture in your skin that you're trying to get rid of. So it can help to almost like dry out an area. Um, I don't know that anybody really fully understands what it's doing, but it does feel good. And so that's why I typically tell people to do it because it feels, you know, it, it helps. Um, a foot soak in general, you know, is, is good for you because it's going to help your circulation. It's going to get blood flowing down there. It's going to help you with awareness of your feet. So like you're saying, you're moving your feet around in there and it just feels really good. Um, so there definitely are benefits to doing that. I think that's a great, you know, just a great thing that people love to do. And it feels really good. The Epsom salts again are great to add in. I don't really know if there's like, <laughs> if anybody's figured out exactly what they're doing, but, um, but we certainly recommend them a lot in, in the podiatry world for a lot of different things and they really do help. So, um, I think it's a great thing to do personally. Oh, I, I think definitely think it's a great thing to do. And I consider it too, um, something that I don't do enough, but it really should be a part of, you know, working into your day, self-care, like, you know, take a break from the computer for a few minutes and, and <laughs> go soak your feet. I mean, what would be better? And then you come back and you, you want to be dancing, although I won't be dancing anytime <laughs> soon, but that's okay. Um, Dr. Alyssa, how can our viewers and um, listeners get in contact with you? Yep. So you can find me at my website, um, which is Dr. Ark. So D-O-C-T-O-R-A-R-K.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at drark.dpm. Oh, I love that Dr. Ark. <laughs> Dr. Ark sparking the conversation. Oh my gosh. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on the Two Sisters podcast today. And hope you will definitely consider coming back again. And of course, we want you to meet Carol Sue. And I know that she will benefit from listening to this podcast as well. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It was so much fun coming on. And I would love to come back again. This was great. Wonderful. Hey, everyone, we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. You know, Dr. Alyssa gave us some great information. And of course, I will make sure all her, her contact information gets into the show notes. 
um, get your feet moving. But remember, today is also Wealth Wellness Wednesday. And just a brief description, we all know that this is Carol Sue's favorite day. It's not about the money you give. It's about the ripple effect you create. So maybe you go down to the local Cumberland Farms and you pay for somebody's coffee behind you. It's not the amount of money. It's about sparking and creating that ripple effect. And you'll be getting your feet moving. On that note, my name is Janice, aka Wellness Viva, Wellness Diva 5.0. And I am with two sisters. Today I adopted Dr. Alyssa as my sister. Thank you so much, everyone, and have a great day. Bye for now.